solution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Uh, this is Amadi and Ragu, and this is the House to House podcast. As always, you can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, um, Google Play Music Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Just search House, the number two, and House. House to House podcast, where we advance our Father's kingdom one house at a time. Um, so welcome back. <laughs> yeah, here we are again. Here we are again. Um, we are going to continue the discussion. We hope that it has been edifying to everyone, and we hope that you've gotten something out of it. Um, it's been very, it's been very good for us, even to just go back over this information and to you know seek the Lord on some things. It's been, it's, it's been very good. Even some of the dialogue we've been having um, when we're not recording has been really good as well. So. Um, we just, you know, as it's been edifying us, we hope that everyone else has been edifying. We just want to encourage you again. Um, if you haven't, please join our Facebook group, please. And listen, tell some friends, if you know someone who maybe you've had these discussions with, right. Or maybe you've talked to them about stuff like this. Um, please send them to the Facebook group. Um, that way they can get, you know, informed about the podcast and, uh, join in on the conversation. Um, and you know, add what, Add to everyone that we all may be edified. Yeah. And even to those who may sharing it with those that may not even necessarily know the Lord, but by giving them a scope and a definition of some of the things that, you know, lay out the true, a truer or more, more refined blueprint of what the family or body of Christ is supposed to look like. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, as we all come together, I think, um, you know, the Bible talks about how each joint supplies, you know, first Corinthians 12, each, each member, each joint supplies. And so we, we all have our part to play. This is not just for us, um, but that we all can come together and, you know, each joint will supply and we all will come to the full knowledge of the son of God. Right. And, uh, be fully mature. So let's, uh, continue the conversation. So we, we sort of left on the, the, uh, cliffhanger. Uh, last time of, you know, uh, one of the leading causes of much of the ills <laughs> that, that <Of> society, <laughs> right, that, that, that plague us today is, is fatherlessness. And you may say, okay, well, Amadi, what is there, that? Yeah, <laughs> there's famine, there's war, right? What, what are you talking about? There's nuclear wars. Right. <laughs> wars and rumors of wars and all the stuff that the Bible talks about. What, what do you mean? Well, I would like to just, you know, submit for your consideration that all of those things have a Genesis point. And I don't mean Genesis, the book of Genesis. Just but the beginning. Yeah, there's a catalyst for all those things. And I like to think of it like this. Here's an example from, from my own life. And it's not as extreme as nuclear war, <laughs> you know, or things like that. But you don't realize what you are missing until you get to the point where you need it and you don't have it. And I know many of us have have gotten to, to that point in, in our lives and we just don't realize. And so I just want to highlight that for you. I, I can recall recently um, driving in the car with my children 
I have three children. So I was driving in the car and I was parking the car. It was you know I like to back in when I park. I don't park pulling in. I like to back in. So um, I don't know if I'm a parking snob or whatever, but I like to back easy in. Easy getaway. Yeah, it's an easy way to pull out. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's why I do it. It's an easy way to pull out. Um, so um, you know, coming up to the space, the the kids know by now, especially the the two older. They know. All right, I'm gonna turn around, and Daddy's gonna back in. So I'm back in the car, and so my oldest, she says, um, "Man, can't wait till I, you know, start driving." You know, and I say, "Of course, honey. You know, I'm gonna teach you how to drive when it's time." You know, it's not time now, <laughs> but you know, I I will teach you when it's time, and um, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Don't worry. Just sit, you know, just sit with Dad, and Dad'll take care of it when it's time to teach you how to drive. And so my son, who's the, you know, court reporter, he's always asking questions. He says, oh, yeah, so who uh, taught you how to drive that? I said, well, son, it's a, it's a long story. I wasn't going to get into it at that point. So it's, it's a long story. And they were just like, oh, your dad taught you how to drive? I was like, son, it's a long story. We'll just get, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when, when we get to it. Not not this morning because we were actually on our way somewhere. I was like, I don't really want to get into a long discussion about it right now. And when the kids got out the car, because we drop it, we were dropping them off um, at uh, homeschool co-op, and so the kids got out the car. So my wife was still in the car, my wife and I, just for a couple of seconds. And I remember looking at my wife, and she looked at me like, "What do? What are we gonna do with that?" And I said, "You know, we'll 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 tell them that to to their age appropriate." But it what struck me was how natural it was for my children to just assume somebody had to teach you how to drive just natural things and not only that how like it was almost like their modus operandi like didn't your dad teach you because you're going to teach us right like that's what you're going (laughs) to do so you don't have somebody then how you going to teach (laughs) yeah and so i just found it like wow but it it was that you know sometimes as a parent you don't wonder like you wonder if things are sticking, you really do. And so it was in that moment that I was, you know, my wife, and I said, you know, honey, our kids are growing up in a different culture than we did. It was in that, like, at that moment, that was one of our sort of, you know, mile markers. We say, wow, our kids are experiencing a different culture than we did growing up. And so I, I you know, I share all that just to say, you know, that's a microcosm of what we see on a grand scale. That's just one instance, but now imagine that generationally, you know, three, four, five generations of fatherlessness who, you know, a lot of times we we look at these things on an individual basis and I want to encourage you all to look at these things on a macro level. You know, a lot of times in the scriptures, God judges nations. He doesn't just, he judges individuals, but he also judges nations Mm -hmm. and it takes a long time. He'll let things go for a few generations before he judges it. To what I think the Bible says that he lets it come to full maturation. Um, you know, sometimes sin comes to come to a full maturation. So going back to what we just first started talking about with the wars and the rumors of wars and all of that stuff, that's full maturation of things that probably t- have taken place, you know, over the past several generations. Um, that's a whole lot, right? That That's a whole lot to say, okay, it's important that the family structure be solidified and and uh, be strong. So with the family structure, having the actual proper leadership and being able to, you know, continue to grow and progress, you know, we have to, you know, first, obviously making mention back to, you know, where we come from. So I think Amadi mentioned, you know, of course, you know, he had parents. Or else he wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, genealogy is essential 
it's not the most important because we know who we all are descended from. You know, we are we are in the family tree of Christ. We are not in the, the tree of Adam any longer. And so with that said, you know, we are part of that legacy that that continues beyond what we see in Luke 3 as far as being, you know, a son of the son of God as far as going back to Adam and then moving forward from there, you know, up up until Christ and then we're we are beyond that that uh that marker. And then also there's a, another genealogy mentioned in Matthew 1 because it's also important to see, you know, who the fathers were. And if you look 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 into that scripture, you know, you'll see the the long, long, full list of those those fathers who were listed out from the scriptures back to Adam. Yeah, it's it's that Luke three scripture is just very important because if you think about it, the the Messiah could have just come and said, "Look, I'm Son of God. Deal with it." Right? I mean, he could have very well just done that and said, "Deal with it." Why would the the writers of the scripture go through? the laborious task of listing all of these different names, son of of this, son of mm -hmm. that, son of that. All, I mean, because it was to show not just the importance of the fact that Yahshua was the son of God, but he also were the son of these fathers, right? And so they list all these fathers. And ladies, don't take this as some sort of misogynistic thing. We understand that it takes a man and a woman coming together. And we're going to get into that later on as we sort of highlight the aspects of the Lord that are specific to the woman. Don't think that we have completely negated that. You know, that is our intention further on down the lines. But because this is something that doesn't get highlighted as much, we want to make sure that we bring the proper illumination to it. So it says here in Luke 3 that, you know, he's the son of this, son of God, son of that guy, so on and so forth. And then it gets all the way in verse 20, oh, 30, I'm sorry, in verse 38, where it says, you know, that he was the son of Seth, the son of Adam, who was the son of God. I think this is very important. They could have just jumped right to Yahshua was the son of God, but they didn't do that. They they chose to roll down. And then as Ragu mentioned in the Matthew chapter one scripture, now this one they, it's funny because they don't, they start at Abraham. They don't mm-hmm. go all the way back to God. That's also you know pretty significant because Abraham is a father of fathers. Mm-hmm. He's in the 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 I don't know how you call it the penna penna whatever <laughs> pentateuch. <or laughs> Pen- Thank you. Pen- Pen- Pentateuch. Right? Yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, but the the you know the fathers that they predominantly mentioned Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The, those three. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean that's pretty much what you know what ancient Israel referred to as the father of that nation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was the, he was the man in which God used to realign them back to the original plan. Um, and so they say he was the father of this person. who was the father of that person and so on and so forth. Till it gets down to the father of Mary. This is why we want to make sure ladies understand ladies are just as important, just as vitally important um, as men. And so it says that, you know, this man was the, father of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of the Messiah. Now, again, it's all to show uh, the importance of the family. Um, I, I think it's it's the importance that, you know, God put in the earth, that, that the family holds a uh, special place, and that's why the house of God is meant to be 
a reflection of the family. And then, you know, I'm sorry, going back, uh, Marty, for a split second, back to the scripture in Luke, you know, the chronology of what happens in the earlier passage of scripture is where the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, when John baptizes Jesus, and then what happens, you know, of course, you know, the you hear more. This is for a sign for the angelic, uh, the unseen, both angelic and demonic, to see that this is the Son of God, as well as at that particular junction, it also reinforces where Jesus comes from, the genealogy of Jesus. It is essential to reinforce the fact that the uh, that we know where where Christ was originated from, and it, it is heaven. No, that's good. You're you're exactly right, Regu, because it, yeah, in verse 21 and 22, it says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And not only is he my son, but he's the son of all of these fathers mm-hmm. who've come before him. So, you know, we, we say all that to say that genealogy has its place, you know, that the the kingdom of God is not, and this is to say that all of that is to say this, the kingdom of God is multi-generational. It is not the the totality of the kingdom is not expressed in one single generation. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, this mentality of an orphan to think that everything starts and stops with you. Right. Oh, I heard from God. So that's it. No, the kingdom of God is multi-generational. So everything that I'm doing, I reference those who've come before me and I lay groundwork for those who are coming after me. That's the way that the kingdom of God works. The mentality of the earthly institution is I heard from God. I'm going to do this. I don't care about whatever you're doing. I'm doing this and that's it. Well, that's only a, a, a small part of it, right? A son, son of God will understand that the kingdoms expressed in multiple generations. And I think this this speaks to something that Ragu mentioned the last time, whereas we typically build from the outside in instead of building from the inside out. Right. Right. The importance of having uh, a multifaceted relationship as well as, you know, if one person is seeing something that the Lord is saying, the opportunity and the availability of someone else chiming in and being able to add and build onto it is so important or else we're always just going to be seeing things one dimensionally. Mm-hmm. The Bible even says that we know in part, we profess in part, Yeah. but a lot of times we think that our part is the whole and it's not. And so we're, we're seeing part of the picture and because we only think one dimensionally sometimes we think that our part is the whole, and so we're missing so many other pieces. And so the kingdom of God does not get fully expressed. It does get expressed. The things that you see and the things you hear is part of what God is doing. But it is just that. It's just a part of what God is doing. And because we have not yet embraced the this, this new light and this new revelation and this new understanding to say, hey, the kingdom of God is a multifaceted, multi-generational expression so only your part gets expressed. And so what we have, think about it like this. I got kids again. I know, guys, y'all are getting tired of these kid examples, but f- forgive me. It takes up a lot of my life. <laughs> but if we think about it like this, um, imagine Legos. Now, there's a difference between having a thousand Legos just thrown all across the floor or having all those Legos built into something. It's a difference. The Legos are the same Legos. 
But when you build them into something, the expression looks different as opposed to just all the Legos spread out on the floor. And that's many times what happens. We all have our parts. And because we're not walking in this new understanding, all of our parts are just spread out all over the place. Instead of saying, hey, wait a minute, this this person is more mature. They have a different grace. Let me connect with this person. Let me submit myself to this person. Oh, this person let, has a different grace, a different this, that, and the third. Let me pour into that person. And that's how the body connects. We have to understand this, that the kingdom of God, the, the, the household of the family of God is multi-generational, multifaceted. It's not just me and my piece, you and your piece. And I think that's a that's a good segue. Uh, and, you know, let's just continue on in the vein of the Legos. I'm sorry, Marty. I'm going to have to take that one and <laughs> run with it. So let's just say that we're trying to assemble something with these Legos that are just scattered throughout, right? There, There's going to be a proper set of instructions that is required to to assemble these things. And I think what is, is important, not the most important, well, it might be the most important, actually, is uh, someone giving proper leadership and direction mm-hmm. in order to, what's the first step? Do I take the blue Lego and connect it with the yellow one or exactly. whatever? But that that leadership role that I'm referring to was specifically a father in the centerpiece of the family. And the father is going to have a myriad of responsibilities in respect to taking care of the children, if there are ch- children in place, as well as uh, his husband. And so, his wife. Well, excuse me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all boy. over the place. <laughs> I meant husband and wife. Uh, my apologies. So, you know, just talking about natural things as well as so shelter, clothing, food, um, you know, being able to protect and mature all the members of the family. So that's just some very simplistic examples. No, definitely. And, you know, something else that, that we talked about the the last time was that one of the demonics, you know, key, you know, focuses and, and key thrusts, so to speak, is to get us to not represent the Lord where we're supposed to represent him. You know, we we think representing the Lord is just I mean, Bible thumping all the time, every single place I go. But, you know, I I like to you know, counteract that with saying that's not always what representing the the Lord means. You know, representing him at many times can mean being his reflection in my sphere of influence, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not just reflecting him in like talking Bibly, you know, but things like that in my character, in my thinking, in not wanting to represent myself. Like even if I'm, even if I'm not getting all deep theologically, just me not representing myself is representing my father, right? This is what the enemy tried to do with the Messiah in chapter four of Matthew. If you read Matthew four, right, this is right after what took place with, with John the Baptist. And so Jesus is baptized and the father speaks from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, right? And then Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And what and what happens? The enemy says, he, he words it in a particular way that I find very interesting. He says that if you are the, the very first temptation, he says that if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. 
Now, what does that sound like? It sounds like Genesis 3. Yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like, right? He's asking a question of something that was already said, right? It's another, another kid reference. One of the things I tell my children a lot, because I understand it's a, it is, you know, it's a gyration in, in the soul. If I've already made a statement on something, do not ask me another question about something that I've already stated. So if I say, you already answered yeah. it, exactly. Your question has, was already answered. So if I say, Hey, we're going to go to this place at 6 PM. Okay. Don't ask me at five o'clock. Hey, are we still going? What did I tell you? I said, we're going to the place at six. And I, so I, I tell them all the time, stop asking me questions for statements I've already made. So what happens here? Matthew three, the father has already said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Why would the enemy then ask, well, if you're the son of God, turn this on to Of course I'm the son He's of God. He's challenging his identity. Exactly. He's asking him, are you sure what was said is being said? This is what the demonic will try to do to us. Get us to represent ourselves as opposed to representing my father or our father. So if I say, you know what? I am the son of God. I'll turn a couple stones to bread. It shouldn't be a problem. No, I should be able to rely on the fact that my father just stated that I am his son. So whether or not I turn stones to bread is irrelevant. His word was stated previously. For, for those of us you know, who are getting this understanding and who are trying to walk it out, the question, you will ask these questions yourself. Am I really supposed to be doing this? Is this really worth my time? Did God really call me to this? Who's here to help me? Who's going to walk with me? These are questions we're going to ask ourselves. And so what we have to do is rely upon the things that were stated by the Lord previously. And please note, this is one of the schemes of the enemy that that was shown very much in the garden and will continue to try to do is trying to challenge your identity and remind you of what you may have been in the past. And, you know, unlike Christ, you know, who was the son of God, but still had to manifest through, you know, natural flesh and blood, you know, we too have a past that may not necessarily have been, you know, the most adequate of uh, Christ-like or <laughs> anything of the sort. So the enemy will try to reinforce that as opposed to who you are currently. No, exactly. And so, you know, something that we had said last week um, or two weeks ago when we had the last episode, something we said on the last episode (laughs) was, you know, what if we had went to a new city, a new town and just said, you know what, I'm just going to focus on my family and we'll see what happens from there. Why did the, the reason that I stated it like that is because what we just said, where are we supposed to represent the Lord? Well, we're supposed to represent the Lord in our spheres of influence. And if I don't have anything else going on, I know my family is one of my spheres of influence. If I don't have some big ministry, if I don't have, you know, a, a bunch of friends because I just moved to a new place. OK, fine. There's no family around because I just I mean, extended family because I just moved to a new place. But what I do know is that my immediate family is my sphere of influence. And so if nothing else, I can represent the Lord in that sphere of influence. And from there, it will grow. If I continue to represent him, it will grow. You know, one of the things that I tell all the guys that that I walk with all the time, I say, you don't have to look for ministry. I was like, it will find you. They will seek you out. It will seek you out, even when you're not looking for anything, especially when you're not looking for anything. When you're just living your life, representing your heavenly father, 
it will find you. And all of a sudden, you're like, how in the world did I get into this? Because that's the Lord's response to when things going on. His response is to send a son. Mm-hmm. You know, what it, what this, this concept of being a son of God, it's not just a New Testament concept. What, what happened when the people in Israel were crying out in Egypt for hundreds of years? God says, let me go grab a son. He just taps on Moses. Hey, man, how you doing? You thought you was going to be out here by yourself? Uh-uh. <laughs> I've been listening to my people crying out in Egypt. My response is to send a son. People want a king. People crying out for a king. Give us a king. And they keep begging God. God concedes and gives them Saul. But that was not his response. That's not his first intention. So he taps on David. Hey, man, I know you're out there with the sheep, but come on. That's the one. Samuel, that's the one. Him? You sure? Yep, that's the one. But guess what? Yeah. Israel was like, nah, yeah. we want to be like every other nation. <laughs> we want to be like every other nation. So that I'm I'm just saying all that to say, listen, it it will find us in the most inopportune times because God's response to calamity in the earth is to send his sons, is to send his house as a as a remedy. So those are those are our spheres of influence, which is why it is so you know, important that we are, that, that we feel comfortable, right? As that we feel comfortable enough, you know, understanding that fathers and husbands should be, are, are called to be adequate leaders. They are called to be adequate leaders. Like they are called to lead their families. They are called to lead their wives. They are called to lead their children and be the reflection of the heavenly father in that sphere of influence, they, your, your children shouldn't have to seek spiritual guidance elsewhere. Your wife should not have to seek spiritual insight elsewhere. She should be able to come to you and ask you these questions. And that's, that's, the, that's the pivotal point to show that the husband is you know, there to take on the brunt of responsibility on behalf of both his wife as well as his kids in order to have for them to have free reign as well as you know to be able to grow and mature because apart from them growing and maturing you know your your duties are not fulfilled in this particular area and therefore you know back to that building concept it's the central nucleus that you are supposed to be focusing on first you know outside of the home that'll come there will be a there will be an opportunity for those that will come to you with respect to any type of questions or anything, guidance, but focusing on your family to be be the representation so that <clears throat> they'll know, they'll know the, the God that you serve. Oh, exactly. And, and that's how, you know, they say, you know, they'll know how you love God because of the way you love one another. And, you know, I, I'd like to just drop this nugget out here. One of the most disheartening things I see when I may visit churches or when I'm around believers in general and I see things like men, I'm talking about men, godly men who give more honor and reverence to a leader's wife than they do their own, who give more respect to another man's wife than you do your own wife. Now, I love a lot of different brothers, a lot of different leaders, and I love their wives. I respect their wives, but no other woman will be elevated above my wife. Right. You shouldn't be honoring somebody else's wife more than you honor your, your own. Exa- and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, women who give honor above their own husbands, they'll push their husbands off a ledge to get to a leader. And you say, I just look at it sometimes. I say, wow, man, 
Let me let me just drop this for you guys. This for some of you, I know this is going to be new light and new revelation. Um, you know, there's no other woman that should be elevated above your wives. Men, if men, if you're listening, there should be no other woman that is elevated above your wife. And ladies, if you're listening, there's no other man that should be elevated above your husband. Now, you can give honor and respect to everyone because the Bible calls us to give honor to whom honor is due. Well, guess what? Your husband is due honor and respect. You are called to do that and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is the, the, the new model. We've been talking about this new model. What's the old model? I'm going to give respect to the CEO, just like in a company. You know, I work for a company. And we give the CEO all the respect. You know, we could be talking, but if the boss walks in, we straighten up. Yes, sir. Yeah, we get right. Well, that's the model in which most believers operate. Mm -hmm. Oh, the leader's here. Oh, let's look funny. Forget my husband. Forget that. The leader's here. It's like, no, wait a minute. Your husband still needs respect and vice versa. Oh, the leader's here. Oh, look at her wife. Oh, this, that, and the Hey, she's great, but your wife is still here. Honor and respect your wife. And so this is, this is a new model. And so as we, as we come around third base, I'd like to end this here because I know there are going to be some of you that are listening, right? And you can say, okay, all right, Amadi, all right, Raghu, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not married, right? Or I am married and my, my husband, I don't feel like my husband is worth respect and honor or not an adequate leader or not an adequate leader. Right. Mm -hmm. Or my wife, right? I'm married and, and my wife is just doing whatever right or let's go even deeper all right all right my all right ragu my father wasn't around or my father's not around or maybe he is around but he's not engaged in my life he just kind of lives unto himself what what am i supposed to do how how does god integrate me into all of the things in in which you guys are talking about and we're going to address that. That that has not gone outside of our sphere. We are going to address that, but we want to make sure that you understand. We know that, and so we we want to leave that. We want to leave you there with thinking about those things because we want to on the next time we we want to go into all right. Well, what's God's plan for those people, right? Because He hasn't forgotten about you. He loves you, and you too have a place in His house and in His kingdom. And He has a process by which He will integrate you into the things in which he's doing in the earth. So we thank you guys for uh, listening this week. Um, We just appreciate your time. And again, jump into the Facebook group. We um, encourage everybody to, you know, jump in, say your piece, ask your questions, make your comments. And uh, hopefully everybody is edified. So, yeah. Signing out. Yeah, so for Ragu, this is Amadi saying bye bye. institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left an institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution, real talk Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body out line and chalk